Talk to my friend Drew. And Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. It's me, Drew Allen, back in the saddle. Excited to be with you. We got a lot to get to, so we're just going to get straight to it today. Donald Trump, he stooped for J.D. Vance in Delaware, Ohio, at the county fairgrounds. That's where he gave the speech, and he was in good form. He was in good form. The media's reaction to this is totally predictable. Well, I'll get to that in just a second. It's I, I'm so... The media bores me. The Democrat Party bores me. What I mean by that is they're just so predictable. I, I can I know exactly what they're going to say before they say it. They're so predictable. They are out of tricks. They're so non-innovative. They just rehash the same crap over and over again. But anyway, so Trump's out there in Ohio, and he's endorsed J.D. Vance for the seat there, the Senate seat. And it's a massive crowd. It's huge. It's as far as the eye can see. You can go and look at the video. So he's got the audience there. They're energized. He's got them chanting USA by the end. You never hear that at a Democrat rally, do you? When, when Barack Obama gave his speech at Stanford about disinformation, I'm going to get into that soon. We're going to have a good time with that one. That's just off the wall. Nuts. Uh, him there. But anyway... You know, there's this great energy, a great energy that follows Trump. And, and the media, predictably, if, if you were to read some of these articles that I've read out there from the leftists, like Rolling Stone, uh, some of these other leftist outfits, you would think they were talking about Joe Biden if you just switched out the names. They talk about how Trump was rambling on, how he's ranting, bizarre rants that don't have much to do with anything. That, that Trump seems bored, more bored than usual at whatever was scrolling across his teleprompter, they say. Which is just astounding. He is, he, is, he is looking and using a teleprompter for the most part. He goes off like usual, like he does, like only he's capable of doing, especially when compared to any Democrat out there. I mean, try watching Joe Biden go off the teleprompter. Well, we have, but even when he's on teleprompter, you can't tell what the H-E double hockey sticks that guy's trying to say. He says the weirdest stuff that goes nowhere and makes no sense every time he opens his mouth. And so here they are trying to attack Trump, talking about how he's rambling on and ranting. This is the thing with the media. They do not actually observe reality. They just rewrite and, and, and put out there what they wish they were seeing, what they want to see. That's the thing, you know. Donald Trump is not a stupid man. He's very accomplished, and he is not inarticulate. He is not uh, some poet up there when he speaks. But this is the big lie. People act like Donald Trump on the left. This is what I'm talking about, the leftist, how they paint these portraits that are untrue. They'll sit here and talk about Trump one way, talking about how he seems to be, seems bored, more bored than usual as stuff scrolls across the teleprompter. But they never talk about this when it comes to Joe Biden, do they? They're never critical of any speech he's ever given. They have very little to say about that. But Trump gets out there, and this is how they treat it. This is why... Look, we can't win with the leftist media. They're going to treat whatever candidate we put out there in 2024 the same way. You just have to ignore the media. You have to learn to either ignore the media or, like me, laugh at them because they're such ignoramuses. But he's out there in great form. He's calling out the media. 
fake news. And he's just drawing comparison after comparison. And the list is so long about how, how uh, of course, Joe Biden botched the Afghanistan with, withdrawal, that that would not have happened under Trump, did not happen. Trump came out and said things that we need to accomplish in this country and things that we can't be afraid to say. He said he wants one-day voting, paper ballots only, no mail-in ballots. That's absolutely true. That's how it should be. That's how it ought to be. That is how you get free and fair elections. But anyway, the media, they track down these Trump supporters, right? They track down one supporter, they do an interview, and they push it out there. And, 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 and granted, this woman, they, they interviewed this Trump supporter. Yeah, she's nutty. She's nutty. They interviewed her and they asked her, I, I don't know what the question was, but she said she believes that Princess Di is still alive, right? So some kind of conspiracy theory. And this is the point, you know, they, they find these people and they're trying to paint this narrative that goes along with other things I'm going to talk about, which is, you know, disinformation out there, right? They're trying to suggest with this one woman, we know what they're trying to say. They're trying to signal that the Republican Party and Trump are a bunch of conspiracy theorists. They're trying to add ammunition that supports their goal of censorship, further censorship and control of the narratives because we can't have nutty people out there like this believing that Princess dies alive. Where did she get this information? This is disinformation. It's dangerous. That's why they're doing this. It is bigger than just trying to find a dumb Trump supporter, but that is most of it, to try and pitch this narrative. Oh, we found a, a kind of nutty woman in the Trump crowd, so this means that all Trump supporters are nutty. But yeah, let me tell you this. 81 million people out there, allegedly, right? 81 million people are dumber than this woman, this Trump supporter, who believes Princess Di is still alive. You know why? Because 81 million people voted for Joe Biden. You can't get much dumber than that. I, I will say it, it had a little bit different energy than we're used to seeing when Trump's out there just going off, when he's doing his... Uh, I mean, look, I guess what I'm trying to say here is it's, it's a different energy. You have to understand that. People who've done public speaking understand this. He's not out there for himself right now. He's not running for president. This is midterm elections, so he's out there, yes, to to bring a crowd, yes, to get relevant information out there, yes, to play with the media and get them upset and riled up, but he's there to support and put his backing behind these other candidates. So the energy is different than a presidential campaign. And so I did notice that, but there's nothing to fear. He was in great form, great form. And then we've got, we've got, uh, we've got I mean, the biggest juxtaposition ever which is Barack Obama, who was at Stanford University recently, uh, to give his speech on disinformation. And, I, you know, this is something I, I, was, I was thinking about all weekend. I didn't know how to start the show today. I was going to lead with Barack Obama, but then I, I want to talk about Trump. I want to talk about something positive and lead with that. Because it was a great appearance. It showed a lot of energy, enthusiasm. People are still showing up. Look, people are begging for Donald Trump's endorsement. And I'm not going to get into this right now. It's been something on my mind I've wanted to address. I just haven't had the time with everything I'm trying to, to get into my show to address it. And I know, I know people are really upset that Donald Trump uh, endorsed uh, Dr. Oz, okay? 
And you're, you're totally right to feel that way. I don't like it either. I just want you to know that, look, you, you can't get distracted or caught up in these individual elections. I'm not saying they don't all matter. I'm just saying that, look, in politics, you've got to live in, the, in, in reality. All right. There is no utopia for us right now. We need to work towards that objective. But right now, there are going to be races in which there are not conservative candidates that are to our liking that are running. Right. Not every not every uh, every race is going to have somebody. I'm going to say Marjorie Taylor Greene because I'm going to bring up a story about her later. She's a firebrand for the conservatives and she's taking it to the Democrats. But I'm just saying not everyone not everyone's going to be that. We need to get to that point, believe me. But we've got to be realistic, and we can't get caught up in every single thing. You know, in the Dr. Oz race, if you start to look at who the other options were to endorse, it wasn't good news. We need to win these seats. And in some cases, in some cases, we got to bite the bullet. Because it's kind of like choosing the best of two evils. That's really where we are in some of these races. But anyway, Barack Obama, right? So he goes to Stanford University. And I've got an article coming out. I'm going to talk a little bit about, use that information I did for the research. It'll be out at American Greatness on Tuesday. All right, it's called, it's going to be called, what did I call this article? I write these things, then I forget what I call them. Uh, the, the, the left's pantheon of lies, I believe. But Barack Obama, he went to Stanford University to lecture an audience on the, it, it was on the perils of, of disinformation. Perils of disinformation. But uh, I can remember this like it was 2013. Do you remember this back in 2013? PolitiFact. They gave an award out. It was their Lie of the Year award. Do you know who it went to back in 2013? Barack Obama. That's right. Barack Obama, who was at Stanford University standing there smugly arrogantly lecturing this audience and of course you and me on the perils of disinformation of lies and he carries the distinguished honor of having politifacts 2013 lie of the year award do you know what that lie was think back affordable care act obamacare exactly you've got it if you like your health care plan, you can keep it. That's what he said over and over and over again to get Obamacare passed. And of course, as soon as it was passed, millions of Americans were sent cancellation letters from their insurance companies. So the liar of the year, the decorated 2013 liar of the year, is standing there at Stanford giving a speech on the perils of lying. You just can't make this stuff up. I'm going to get to this in a second. I was thinking about something, too. Do you know how hard it is, how impressive it is that Donald Trump stood there and spoke for, it was over an hour, over an hour to that crowd. And it is very difficult to maintain energy in one sense because the list of lies, the list of disasters from the Joe Biden administration, the list of issues we need to discuss is so long that there is not ever enough time for it. And we almost forget how many terrible things both this administration 
has done. For example, getting those American soldiers murdered in the botched withdrawal of Afghanistan, the drone strike that killed a dozen innocent Afghanis in retaliation, those Border Patrol agents who were falsely accused of whipping the migrants trying to cross the border illegally. I mean, these are all things that we've never... I mean, the the people that did this have never been held accountable for it. So anyway, back to Obama here. So he's there, and and he he says a number... You know what I'm going to do? I don't know how many of these clips I'm going to play, but I'm just going to play one, and then I'm going to comment on it. And then maybe I'll play another one and comment on it. Let's do it that way, okay? Barack Obama at Stanford University, cut one, go. Restricted to distant lands. Right here in the United States of America, we just saw a sitting president deny the clear results of an election and help incite a violent insurrection at the nation's capital. Well, here we go again. Here we go again. Lying through his teeth. Uh, which is the only thing he knows how to do. Let's start with the second thing he said. So Barack Obama is pitching this lie, hawking this lie, that Donald Trump incited an insurrection. He was impeached over this, despite there being no evidence of it, and he was found not guilty. So then they set up the phony January 6th committee, just like they did the Mueller investigation, Mueller investigation, to try and find the evidence. So they make a false accusation and then spend time trying to dig up dirt, anything they can, to attach him to what took place. It did not happen. Trump did not incite an insurrection. But this guy, Barack Obama, is peddling that debunked conspiracy theory. Didn't happen. And then he's trying to incriminate Donald Trump in some way. He didn't accept the election results. Well, Joe Biden is president right now, and it is constitutional to question the results of an election. As a matter of fact, if you want to go back, by the way, and you know, before I get into it, we, we all know what's true at this point. We see every day now video after video released of these ballot harvesters they call them mules. There's going to be documentaries coming about out about this soon. I think I think it's Dinesh D'Souza that's got his latest documentary called 2,000 Mules." That's these people being paid money, activists being paid money per ballot that they go and find and cast for the Democrat candidate. In the case in 2020, that, of course, would be Joe Biden. We see the videos of these women showing up with 40 ballots. They go to the drop-off box, and they realize that they did not sign them. So they take them back to their cars, take them back to the car, and then sign the envelopes, and then go back and put them in the drop-off box. We know that Pennsylvania, it was unconstitutional as a matter of the law. The Supreme Court interfered violated the state constitution of Pennsylvania by overriding, setting their own election laws. The constitution states that that ability rests solely in the hands of the state legislature. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court interfered 
unilaterally changed election laws, which they did not have the power to do. That voided, negated that election, extending the period of time in which you could, they could receive the mail-in ballot. And so my point is, all of this should have been questioned, and we were going to question it, and then January 6th happens, wham, bam, thank you, Democrats, Pelosi, ma'am, and they allowed for this situation to take place so that we would not even look into the election, so they wouldn't question it, that they would all fold like cheap lawn chairs and just hand it over to Joe Biden so that they could get away with this. Anyway, but that said, we keep hearing this from Democrats. Oh my gosh, it's so unbelievable, so unbecoming. It's, you know, it's almost like, uh, uh, what, what, what's, what's, what's the key word they keep saying here? You know, it's like these insurrectionists, you know, uh, it's so terrible to question the election results. And back in 2017, back in 2017, House Democrats challenged Donald Trump's election But they failed because what you do, this is the constitutional process. I just want to rehash this for a moment. So someone in the House can object, and then someone in the Senate has to also sign on to that objection. And then you have less than two hours to debate it and decide if you're going to continue and move forward. So, for example, back in 2017, uh, this effort to question, to you know, undo the will of the American people, like the Democrats like to say. Well, it was spearheaded by Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas and Barbara Lee of California. So they had the joint meeting of the House and Senate to certify Trump's Electoral College victory back then in 2017. Same situation as took place on January 6th, 2021. And they challenged it. But, you know, they couldn't get enough support to challenge Trump's victory. And so the Republican-led Congress, they moved ahead with an easy confirmation of Trump's presidency. But they were questioning the results then. But they didn't have any support for it. And frankly, it was a lie. Trump did win fair and square. We know that the whole myth of Trump-Russia collusion was fabricated, that Hillary Clinton and the DNC, other Democrats, the intelligence community, And the media colluded to put that myth out there to try and make it look like Donald Trump somehow unfairly won, stole the election from Hillary Clinton with the help of Vladimir Putin. So I'm sorry, I don't want to hear this crap anymore from Democrats. They don't have any moral authority or high ground to stand on in this case. And actually, this is a legal requirement. You know, the certification process to ratify the results of the presidential election. It's a ceremony. You're supposed to go through this process for the very purpose of ensuring that funny business doesn't go on and prevail. So you can legally, constitutionally challenge the validity of electoral votes. And it's happened four times since 1877. Well, five now, if you count uh, January 6, 2021. But anyway, Jackson Lee, her argument and her allies, her and Barbara, well, Jackson Lee and what's her name? Barbara Lee, the Lees there. Well, they argued that widespread voter suppression in states won by Trump tarnished the results. Gee, but you don't hear the media attacking them for that, do you? Widespread voter suppression. That's what they said. And then they pointed to this research back then provided by a team, well, they called it independent lawyers. They weren't independent lawyers. They were Democrat activist lawyers. And um, 
they they claimed that well dozens of the republican electors well they were technically ineligible to serve but you know they didn't have an argument they had no ground to stand on and so nothing happened nothing happened the the the, the challenges fell apart Nobody would join in because even the Democrats, even though they were claiming Trump-Russia collusion, they knew they didn't have any evidence. If they had debated that, it would have resulted in Trump being president still. The difference in 2020, 2021, January 6th, is that had we actually had those debates, we would have realized and the whole, the whole country would have seen how questionable so many of the results were. Anyway, but, they, you know, they, they did this with George Bush, for example, uh, you know, with Al Gore and so on and so forth. So, so there, there's Barack Obama spreading this lie. So let's hear another clip. Not only that, but a majority of his party, including many who occupy some of the highest offices in the land, continue to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the last election and are using it to justify laws that restrict the vote and make it easier to overturn the will of the people in states where they hold power. This is the thing. The Democrats undermined the will of the American people in 20... Let's just be blunt about this. We cannot be fearful about this. I understand some people out there say, well, we just got to let this go. There's no point in talking about it. No, there's every reason to talk about what the Democrats did, what they got away with, with the mail-in ballots and the widespread voter fraud. Because the Democrats here are projecting, they're gaslighting, And they're trying to claim that now we're going to suppress the vote by trying to ensure that elections are safe and secure. The Democrats want cheating. That's what they made happen in the broadest way that's ever happened in American history with COVID and the lockdowns and the mail-in ballots. And they want that going forward because they know how unpopular they are and they can't win without being able to cheat. And that's why Trump's solution is absolutely I mean, it's common sense, but it's brilliant in, the, in the, the landscape that we're talking about here with all this insanity. One day voting, like it was meant to be when the country was founded. Paper ballots only, no mail-in. That's it. I mean, I'm so tired of this argument that voting needs to be the easiest, easiest thing we engage in in this country. That everyone should just be sent a mail-in. But no, no. It's the most important activity Americans are asked to participate in voting for the president of the United States well voting in any election but obviously especially when it comes to a presidential race and I'm sorry people will sleep outside on the streets on Black Friday to get a deal on a TV but they can't wait in line for an hour or two to vote it should be a national holiday it should be a paid holiday and everyone should look at it like July 4th like this amazing opportunity we have in this country to exercise our right to vote in free and fair elections. There's nothing controversial about that. These are all just stupid, lame excuses the Democrats make, inventing problems that don't actually exist because they don't want them to be free and fair. That's the point. All right, here's Obama cut three. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough Raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. 
Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. And as Putin discovered leading up to the 2016 election, our own social media platforms are well designed to support such a mission, such a project. So there the decorated liar of the year ends, by the way. Did you pick up on that? He said he, he brings up 2016 Vladimir Putin. You heard what he said? He said, well, I, 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 he, he's, he, he's, there he is questioning basically the election results of 2016 is my point. Putin somehow interfered in our election. I mean, this is just such a, this guy's a quack. And you know what? His cadence, he, this, here's another lie. You know, the left, Donald Trump can come out and give the greatest, most amazing speech ever. He cannot use a teleprompter one time and he can make coherent sentences and it's great. He's got the audience, you know, eating from the palm of his hand. And the, the Democrat media will come out and say that Donald Trump is stupid and he can't speak. That's what they'll do. That's what I mean. They're not observing reality. They're just wishing it was that way. This guy is always heralded as some great orator. The guy is reading. He has the speech there. And he cannot read. I mean, let's just, let's just, let's go back to what he said with the, with the, with the flooding a country's public square with enough raw sewage. So this guy lied about Obamacare. Remember Benghazi, by the way, too? He lied and said that that attack on our embassy there that got Americans murdered and killed, well, he, it was the result of some video no one had ever seen. That guy lied about that, too, knowing that it was not spontaneous. Knowing that it wasn't just some reaction to this anti mohammed video. But there he is. I mean, look. I don't mean this arrogantly because the bar is so low when talking about Obama's oratory abilities. I'm sitting here every time I do my podcast just speaking. Now, there's a lot of work that goes into it, researching and everything else, but I don't have a script in front of me. And I am connecting with you. I am making my points. Sometimes I go off on little tangents, but I come back where I need to be. I am making a relationship with you. I'm making my points, and I'm doing it from my brain. This guy has a script in front of him, and he can't connect with anyone. Talk about boring. Talking about scrolling across his teleprompter, looking more bored than usual. That describes Obama, not Donald Trump. So, he said there, you just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You you just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've literally never heard anybody that's so bad at speaking. So bad, except for Joe Biden. Joe Biden's worse than he is because Joe Biden gets lost. Joe Biden doesn't know what he's saying. Barack Obama is still reading what's in front of him. But you have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt, plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Obama is exactly right. 
except that it's Democrats like himself who are the ones flooding and have flooded our country's public square with raw sewage. Trump-Russia collusion, sewage, Trump quid pro quo, sewage, Trump incited an insurrection, raw sewage, the vaccines prevent the contraction and spread of COVID-19, raw sewage, the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. All of those things were conspiracy theories and lies. It was all dirt. And the Democrats were behind it. And when he goes on in that speech, you know, what's what's notable, and I write about this in the article that you'll read in American Greatness, but while he's sitting there railing against the planting of these cons- of conspiracy theorizing, which the Democrats are the kings of, I, I, let me ask you a question first, just really quickly. Can you tell me one thing the Democrats have said that is true? One thing they've said that's true. One thing they have said about Trump or Republicans or anybody else that's actually been true. Nothing. Not a single thing. Everything they say is a lie. It's proven a lie, and they double down and continue lying about it. Hillary Clinton still claims that the the election of 2016 was stolen from her. Anyway, so he's out there railing against conspiracy theorizing, and yet he's peddling that very Trump-Russia collusion debunked conspiracy theory himself. He said... He says, going, I'm not going to play any more audio because I, I, you, you know me. I can't, I can't take it with this guy. I just can't do it. He's not smart. He's not a great speaker. There's nothing great about this guy. He's a loser. And he's made tens of millions of dollars, profited after serving as president of the United States. Not rich to... I'm sick of these Democrats, by the way. You notice it's always Democrats for the most part. Yeah, there's some Republicans out there. But really, if you look at it, Donald Trump is the only president... I mean, he came in and he's, he lost money. He actually sacrificed. And that's what the position was supposed to be about. All service to this country was about sacrifice. You're supposed to go out in the world and make something of yourself, accomplish something, and then give back to your country. With all that experience. But today we've got these career politicians who look at politics, look at running for election, looking at service as enriching their families, as is the case with Joe Biden. We'll get into that again later. But, but Barack Obama goes on. He's a, he says, no one in my administration was surprised that Russia was attempting to meddle in our election. We had a two-year, $32 million taxpayer-funded Mueller witch hunt that determined what? No Trump-Russia collusion. And now that we have this ongoing Durham investigation, we now know that the Clinton campaign invented that conspiracy theory, funded its development, colluded with countless Democrats, members of the intelligence community, and the media. All of them colluding together to flood the public square with that Trump-Russia collusion raw sewage. But I want to go back to something Barack Obama said earlier. So he ends, right? He talks about flooding the, the country's public square with enough raw sewage, raising questions, spreading dirt, planning conspiracy, theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Obama's concern here is not that American citizens no longer know what to believe. Do you know what his real concern is? His real concern is that American citizens no longer believe him, 
No longer believe these pathological liars, the Democrats and their propagandist media. CNN Plus, perfect recent example, tanked. They were going to put a billion dollars into that offshoot streaming service of CNN, and now they've shut it down because they couldn't find an audience. People are tuning out of the leftist media, and they are looking for truth. And the Democrats hate it. They hate it because their political lives are Well, it's perilous for them right now because of what they've done. And the American people that have woken up and become savvy to what the Democrats represent and how worthless they are, worse than worthless, dangerous, and evil. Well, they've lost their monopoly on controlling the media narrative. So anyway, that's the problem. That's the problem. Obama's not worried that people uh, no longer know what to believe. It's that they no longer believe him and the Democrats and their propagandist media because they rely upon that media. They relied upon that monopoly to spread their dirt and conspiracy theories. They're not worried about our dirt and conspiracy theories. They're worried because we're exposing them and people are seeing the truth. His real concern, Obama's, is not that Americans no longer know what to believe, but we may believe something that Obama and Democrats and the propagandist media don't want us to believe, like the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, for example. Perfect point. 16% of Biden voters would have voted differently had the media and the big tech companies not suppressed that Hunter Biden laptop scandal. 16%. And that's why I've said before, even if you... Just ignore the rampant fraud out there. That story alone, if it had been permitted to circulate, if the media had done its job in covering it and not suppressing it and lying and calling it Russian disinformation, no amount of cheating could have saved Joe Biden, likely. But Obama does something very interesting in his Stanford speech. He goes after these tech companies. He goes after them. He says these companies need to have some other North Star other than just making money and increasing market share. What's wrong with that? Twitter is one of these companies that Obama's taking aim at. Twitter, Facebook, all these companies participated in the Democrat uh, colluding there to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. They wouldn't even allow it on the internet. They kicked it off. They shut it down. All of the above. But Twitter, Twitter, it values censorship over profit. The board members at Twitter would rather tank the stock than accept Elon Musk's generous $43 billion cash offer. His offer valued Twitter stock at $54.20 a share, which was a 38% premium to Twitter's stock value before Musk disclosed his 9% stake. So the point is, they would have made a windfall. He was paying a 38% premium, well over what Twitter was actually worth. And Twitter said, heck no, we don't want to give it to a free speech advocate. So what's the North Star here that Obama's talking about? These companies need to have some other, sorry, he says, these companies need to have some other North Star other than just making money and increasing market share. Well, the North Star that Obama wants these tech companies to look to is censorship. And he is fearful and terrified. He is shaking in his boots. They are rocked by this Twitter thing. You know why? Because it's showing that there are people out there that can threaten their monopoly. Billionaires like Musk, 
who actually are free speech advocates are willing and have the capability to interrupt, to take away and buy their activist communication platforms that censor and neutralize their use as censorship tools of the left. Them making money's not what upsets Obama. It is that very prospect of a free speech advocate like Musk who could neutralize, neutralize one of their censorship tools. Question. Do you think that Obama, the Democrats, the Twitter employees, the board, do you think they would be behaving this way and acting so upset if uh, Jeff Bezos rather than Elon Musk had announced his intention to purchase Twitter? They'd be clapping. They would have sold to Jeff Bezos immediately. But it's because it's Elon Musk. And this is why I'm saying Obama and the Democrats are desperate. They know. They know that their political power, which is diminishing by the day, well, it depends upon controlling the media narratives. And so now their response is what? They're pivoting. They want the government to regulate them. They want government intervention because they're realizing, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble because, you know, there's actually some conservatives out there with money. There's non-censorship proponents out there with money. And, uh, you know, people are flocking away from CNN and NBC and MSNBC and the rest, and they're getting their news elsewhere. We got Joe Rogan. He's got a bigger audience than any of those mainstream, well, once mainstream, propagandist media networks, and they can't tolerate it. They can't stand it because people are learning about them. They're They're being told what the Democrats don't want them to hear. And so now they want the government to step in and shut down people like Joe Rogan. They, they have all these catchphrases all the time, right? They come out and say things like, uh, what, is, what does Obama say? Let me see if I took a couple notes here. Because uh, it was very relevant to what we're talking about. Um, you know, they, 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 they used to talk about equal time, for example. They, they, they talk about how Americans... Uh, Well, they, they, they love this previous era where, you know, there were only a few media outlets and they controlled them all. You know, they, they, they use these catchphrases like, you know, we used to have a shared set of facts. Yeah, one set of facts, one set of lies and nobody to challenge it. And they missed the days of these anointed chosen Democrat journalists who were going to control the narratives. Confirmation bias. That's what I was trying to think of. Confirmation bias. That's something you hear all the time where we, we watch people that we already agree with, and that reinforces our pre-existing worldview. Okay, fine. But do they ever promote that Democrats get exposed to Joe Rogan? Do they ever promote the fact and suggest that Democrats have confirmation bias? Are they demanding that Democrats out there, Obama, is, is Obama sitting there watching Fox News? Is he turning on Newsmax? Is he listening to my podcast? Not yet, but one day he will. One day he will. And I promise to be a thorn in his side. But that's what I mean. I mean, it only goes one way. They want to shut down Joe Rogan, or they want to bring more guests on that that share the leftist narrative. This is always what it's about. It's never about promoting equal time. It's never about getting exposed to both views. It's about eliminating our view. That's what it's about. So, 
I don't want, I don't want to hear about this. You know, and then, and then I think one of the things Obama said in the speech too was inflammatory content attracts and engages, you know, an audience. Well, yeah, no kidding. The, the left's, the left perfected that during the Trump years. They saw their ratings go through the roof and Trump always joked about it with him. He did wonders for their ratings, made them tons of money because they had inflammatory content. That's all they do. I got a story coming up, if I get to it, about MSNBC, the queen of, I mean, she can't get an audience when she does it, but I mean, she's the queen of just stupid, inflammatory content. She's such a racist and a homophobe and everything else. But, um, you know, I just, I'll never forget these, these leftists, you know, they celebrated and danced on the grave of Rush Limbaugh when he died and they hated him because he had a big audience and he, I mean, he was unique. I mean, he changed the landscape out there and they couldn't stand it because people were listening to Rush. People went to Rush for their news, not MSNBC or CNN, and they couldn't stand it. And that's why I'm going to grow this audience so big that I can continue to be a thorn in these people's side forever. But let's just kind of finish up here with Obama's uh, Stanford appearance. Um, you know, I want to point out that the left, all this outrage at, at Musk, it's actually targeted at you and me. It's not just about Musk. I mean, yeah, they're mad that he is attempting to free one big tech company from their Democrat chains of censorship. But this is really a growing, a manifestation of the Democrats and the left in this country, their growing frustration that any platform, any person be allowed to question, to challenge and expose them. Libs of TikTok, perfect example. All that account holder does on Twitter is post videos that liberal leftist whack jobs posted on TikTok. And it's brilliant and it's effective because it just shows the left how sick they are. In most cases, it's these teachers, teachers that are proud about how they're trying to indoctrinate kindergartners, trying to teach them and make them question their sexuality, question whether they're men or women, and encourage them to, in many cases, start the process to transition, to be transgender. That's disgusting, but they're putting that out there, and people are outraged. They can't believe this is happening, and that's what they don't want to happen. They want to control it all. So they're attacking you. They're attacking me. They're attacking Joe Rogan. Doesn't matter if you have an audience of millions or if you have an audience of thousands like I do right now. They want us gone. They want to shut us down. And you know what else the Democrats want to do in addition to shutting us down, censoring free speech? Well, they want to eliminate elections. Wholesale, across the board. They want to get rid of elections. You know how they're trying to do this? Well, they're trying to prevent those individuals that are Republican candidates running for office in this country, prevent them from being on the ballot. We're all coming full circle here. Now, think back. I know we've covered a lot of information here, but think back to 15, 20 minutes ago. We're talking about the Stanford speech that Obama gave, and he continues to try and paint Donald Trump as an insurrectionist. 
He tries to paint anybody who questioned the election results as some kind of insurrectionist. The reason that's important, because their strategy all along has been to prevent Donald Trump from ever running from re-election again. Ditto for the other candidates. Trump was the primary focus, but then it cascades down like a waterfall to impact all other Republican candidates that the Democrats hate and don't want to have to deal with in Congress. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the latest example that shows exactly what the Democrats are up to, have been up to. There is a legal challenge that she's been facing to knock Marjorie Taylor Greene off the ballot box because they're saying she's an insurrectionist. Now, these guys don't know what they're talking about constitutionally. They never do. They're trying to cite the Constitution's 14th Amendment, which is known as the Disqualification Clause. This is what they're citing. Liberal members of Congress and leftist activist legal experts as a way to bar basically any Republican, including former Donald Trump, from running for office because they engaged in a quote-unquote insurrection against the United States. That's why they're doubling down on this, even though they know it's not true. This is their latest effort to end elections in America. They tried this against uh, Madison Cawthorn, the Republican congressman out of North Carolina, and he prevailed in a federal court. It dismissed their effort. So there's not standing for what they're doing, but they're going to try nonetheless because they're that desperate. Now, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. This was written um, after the 39th Congress convened back in December 1865. December 1865, so that would be the Civil War, right? That's right, following the end of the Civil War. Now, the reason this was put in place was to disqualify, you know, Confederates who had actually engaged in an insurrection in this country that resulted in 750,000, more than 750,000 Americans dying in combat. The Confederate, the Confederacy, I should say, it was its own separate government. They had an army. They had currency. They had foreign policy. That was an insurrection. And so to cite questioning the 2020 election results as, a, as representing some kind of insurrection is absurd. But they're trying, I mean, that wasn't an insurrection to begin with, so that's a lie. But they're still saying, okay, it was an insurrection. And then the next thing they have to leap to is to say that Marjorie Taylor Greene incited the insurrection, just like they're doing with Trump. So this is why they honed in on that from the very beginning. They knew they didn't win, and they knew they had to do something to prevent these people from coming back and fighting against the Democrats, exposing them. So the other issue with this citing this 14th Amendment is that it's congressional related. All right. So it's for Congress to determine and vote whether or not somebody's going to be disqualified. It's not up to some local judge, which is the case taking place in the Marjorie Taylor Greene situation. Um
So anyway, let me let me get into what's going on here. I, I'm going to use a, a Mad Vespa writes a great article at Town Hall. He says uh, the legal a, legal challenge is aimed at preventing Marjorie Taylor Greene from running for re-election. And they're they're literally they are they're using her social media post as evidence. I mean, this is this is a clown show, is what Matt Vespa calls it, and he's exactly right. So you know, they're, they're, all these questions in these hearings have been aimed at trying to tie her to inciting this insurrection, which never happened. She exercised her First Amendment right to free speech. And basically, they're trying to set a precedent where if they don't like something you said, or if they want to misconstrue it, or use their media apparatus, the propagandists out there to spin it, to paint you in a bad light. Well, if the Democrats don't like you, well, that's reason enough to prevent you from being on the back. I mean, this is so absurd. And if this was the case, then the Democrat Party itself should be abolished. Because they've questioned election results. They're the ones that are proponents of an open border, a real insurrection happening, an invasion, illegal invasion, aiding and abetting enemies coming in here. Terrorists have been caught a dozen or so recently, or more than that, trying to sneak across the border. There wasn't an insurrection in the first place. Matt Vespa makes that point, and he's right. And if there was evidence of inciting an insurrection, Trump would have been indicted. But he's not. Nobody cares about January 6th, but that's all the Democrats have to hang their hats on. So, I mean, it's just where we are right now. I mean, the Democrats, Obama, all out there trying to talk about Republicans, Trump, you know, they're authoritarians. And these people want to go in and end free and fair elections by saying, well, we don't like that candidate. They're trying to prevent... Republicans from being able to serve in Congress because of something that they're claiming happened that did not. This is so crazy. If that was the case, by the way, Hillary Clinton questioned the election results of 2016, still does. She was the frickin' Secretary of State. So that's what this has always been aimed at from the very beginning. And it just goes back to the point that they had designs. January 6th did not just happen Democrats were intimately involved. They don't want us to know. They don't want, they're still blocking us from seeing security footage. I mean, it's, it's unraveling before our eyes, their involvement to make that take place because they had designs and we're seeing those take place now. Republicans that are firebrands, that are ready to take it to the Democrats, who actually are not afraid, who threaten their power, who speak out, who are not establishment types, who are happy to lose with dignity, that threatens the Democrat Party's power. So they want to censor free speech. They want to censor any kind of information that is harmful to the Democrat Party, just like they did with a Hunter Biden laptop. And they want to prevent Republican candidates that they don't like from running for office based on some subject, some subjective lie that they've invented. I mean, imagine if Trump was doing this. I mean, I mean, we know what the reaction is. I'm tired of going down that route. But th- this brings me back to the point I was making earlier with Donald Trump, by the way, in his speech when I was saying, you know, the energy, it's a little good, it can be boring. I mean, it does get boring because we have to talk about the same things Every single day, it's like beating a dead horse. January 6th, they won't let it go. We know it's not an insurrection. We know that the American people don't care about it. They care about inflation. They care about the gas prices. They care about the open border, the danger, the the rise in crime. 
all these things. And the Democrats are sitting there focused on January 6th still, using that as their next political tool, next conspiracy theory, next hoax to retain power. I'm just sick and tired of it. I mean, and think about that Trump supporter they interviewed that I was talking about that said that she believes that Princess Di is still alive. How about the Democrats out there? They still believe in Trump-Russia collusion. They still believe Trump quid pro quo. They still believe all of these things, all these lies. They believe hands up, don't shoot. Michael Brown, the guy who reached in, punched a police officer, tried to take his firearm, and was shot by the police officer in self-defense. Hands up, don't shoot. Didn't happen. People believe that. Who are the conspiracy theorists out there? The Democrat voter base, not Republicans. I mean, they talk about like QAnon, which is nutty, but everything they believe is QAnon. I mean, QAnon is some fringe group in Republican land, conservative land, but, you know, their, their version of QAnon, I mean, that's mainstream. That is the Democratic Party. QAnon runs the Democrat Party, that equivalent. All right, before I get to this pay-to-play to close out about Joe Biden here, I want to mention Joy Reid again because she, man, this is an angry woman. I feel bad for her. I feel so bad for her. I don't know what happened to her in her life. She's rich, she's successful, and she's a hateful bigot. So she's out there trying to stir the plot. You know, we call she's the race lady. The racist lady is what we should call her. But, um... DeSantis, he's out there opposing critical race theory, which is so vile, teaching young children that they need to be victims if they're black or that they're oppressors if they're white. This is is so sick. I mean, it's basically instilling, indoctrinating racism in our young children. Every generation we can get away from any kind of racism, by the way. It's in in the future of these children. They're They're not born racist. That comes from us. People like Joy Reid who are teaching them that. And critical race theory is aimed at furthering that divide through indoctrinating children from the earliest ages about this myth, you know, that somehow, you know, we just got out of a civil war and there was slavery in this country. Not the case. But anyway, so DeSantis, he signed some, he, he was at some event. So, so Joy Reid is saying, uh, crying child abuse over some black children holding anti-critical race theory signs at a DeSantis event. That's what it comes down to, okay? And she tweeted out, this misuse of black boys is tantamount to child abuse. I would really like to hear the backstory on who these kids were. And how they wound up at a DeSantis event. Given how anti-black DeSantis is, using black children this way is extra sick. Well, you know what? We know how, um, how Kamala Harris got a hold of those children for that NASA video. Do you remember that NASA video? Oh, that's right. It was a Space Week or World Space Week or something like that. And she actually went out and hired an agency, or the Democrat Party did. They had auditions. They auditioned these kids to make that video where she's sitting there. I wonder how many takes it took her to try and 
I mean, it was still so embarrassing. She couldn't, she couldn't get it right. She couldn't come, come across as a compassionate, normal human being. But she's there, one day you can see the craters of the moon with your own eyes or something she was saying. But, but, you know, they auditioned those kids for it. And you've got those kids when Barack Obama, you know, they signed the... the I mean, they're, they're always abusing these children. And frankly, uh, uh, I would like to say to MSNBC's Joy Reid here, your girl, Katanji Brown-Jackson, who you think is so wonderful, well, she's the real child abuser. She's the real child abuser. She's the one who was sympathetic towards pedophiles, real child abusers out there. And you've got no problem with that whatsoever, with her giving these light sentences repeatedly to these sex offenders. And then you got Joe Biden. There's a diary out there that nobody wants to talk about still in which his own daughter, Ashley Biden, talks about how her father, Joe Biden, touched her inappropriately. But, but this is, I mean, this is just crazy. This is where she goes. Abuse of black children because black children, I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I'm done. Let's move on. Let's finish out with this. So a couple, a couple uh, uh, points here. So the visitor logs from the Obama administration, well, we've got them. And you know what they reveal? Well, Joe Biden met with his son Hunter's top business partner in 2010. I thought on the campaign trail, Joe Biden assured us that he didn't know anything about his son's business dealings. That was separate. He didn't even talk to his son about any of his business arrangements. That's what Joe told us. And the media wasn't inquisitive. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't push back on this because they were protecting their man. And so he lied. Joe Biden lied to us and the media was complicit. Well, it turns out that uh, Eric Schwerin, former president of Hunter Biden's now-dissolved firm, Rosemont Seneca, well, he met with Biden on November 17th, 2010, just as Hunter was striking multi-million dollar deals abroad, the New York Post reported. Uh, So we got pay-to-play going on. And according to these logs, Schwerin first arrived at the White House on October 28th, 2009 to meet Biden, that'd be vice president at the time, Biden, his aide, Evan Ryan, just months after Hunter co-founded Rosemont Seneca. So Rosemont Seneca was one of these companies, just like the you know Global Clinton Initiative, just like the Obama Foundation, just like all these things Democrats create to enrich themselves for their pay-to-play schemes. So that's what Rosemont Seneca was created to do for Hunter Biden. Now, I want to make my own point here that's different than other people. A lot of people are saying that, you know, this was Hunter Biden using his father to enrich himself, but I think it was Joe Biden using his son to enrich himself. I'll give you an example. We got an email from the Hunter Biden laptop that we were told was Russian disinformation, which now the media has told us is not. So we got an email. Schwerin wrote an email to Hunter. And in the email, he says, your dad just called me. He's talking about Joe Biden, the vice president of the United States. He's writing to Hunter Biden. Your dad just called me. He could use some positive news about his future earnings potential. You see, this was never about Hunter Biden using his father. This was about Joe Biden using his son. He's asking about his earnings potential, even with his son. All right, buddy, I'll set you up with these people. You can use my name. I'll help you out. But what's what's in it for me, son? Talk about abuse, Joy Reid. 
Joe Biden is a big abuser of his own family. A big abuser of his own family. He abuses everyone around him. So selfish is he. But anyway, he met 19 times, I think it said. If I can find it. Yeah, 19 visits Schwerin made to the White House during Biden's vice presidency. With nine of those visits, including meetings with Biden, members of his staff, and members of Jill Biden's staff. So there you go. But here we are, you know, J6 we're supposed to be worried about, the fake insurrection. Meanwhile, we've got a guy in the White House right now who is possibly the most corrupt politician in American history, which says a lot because there's a lot of competition from the Clintons, from the Obamas, from all of those individuals. So I just thought you'd like to know that. And meanwhile, like usual, we've got... Well, I don't know. Obama was not transparent, even though he claimed he was going to be the most transparent president in American history. Well, I don't have time to finish up with this story, really. But, you know, the Secret Service is telling us that it doesn't have any records of who visits Biden in Delaware. Now, Biden has spent, I think, a quarter or something like that of his time at the Delaware House. Now, he has said, by the way, there's reports out there that he's uncomfortable at the White House. He's more comfortable in Delaware. Well, why'd you run for president? You know, why'd you run for president? This is just uh, this guy. He was pushed out there, abused, used. I'm not saying he doesn't like, you know, the special treatment he gets, but the guy doesn't know what planet he's on. He definitely doesn't know. Oh, you know, I was just thinking, too. It's so funny. I wonder if Biden has watched or heard about the rally that Trump held in Delaware, Ohio for J.D. Vance. Do you think he's confused if he's wondering why Donald Trump was in his home state in Delaware. <laughs> Joe, Joe, no, he's not in Delaware. Why? Why is, why is Trump in Delaware? What is he doing in Delaware? What business does he have in Delaware? Joe, Joe, Delaware, Ohio. Delaware, Ohio, Joe. Now, nah, let's, let's be honest. He has no idea what's going on. But anyway, it's, it's not that it's, it's totally shocking that there's no records of who visits Biden in Delaware, but it's knowing the background of Joe Biden, that he is corrupt. And remember, they would not release the virtual visitor logs. We still don't have the virtual visitor logs of those virtual visits to the White House throughout COVID. So we don't know who Joe Biden was talking to. Was he talking to Xi? Was he talking to more of these, uh, to, to, to the former mayor of Moscow's wife? We don't have any insight into it because with the virtual visitor logs, they're not releasing them. We only have access to the physical visitor logs at the White House. But they weren't having physical meetings for much of this presidency. They were doing virtual meetings. So there's no transparency there. And we don't have any transparency about the other rest of the time he spends at his house in Delaware. No visitor logs. Now, they got these from Donald Trump with his visits to Mar-a-Lago because... Yeah, it was a different situation. I mean, he lived there, had a residence there, but there was a check-in. So, I mean, Biden, by the way, you know, he, he, was, he was at one of his Delaware homes, one of them, by the way, he's got more than one, for 99 days during his first year in office. Who did he meet with? He's conducting business there. And, and this is, what I'm saying is, the reason they're doing this is because they don't want us to know. They're hiding things from us. That's why this is taking place. And you know it's true. You know it's true. But anyway, the witch hunts go on. The lies continue. The gaslighting goes on as well. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene, this is disgraceful what's happening here, what they're trying to achieve. And if we were to apply the same standard to the Democrats, I'm just telling you, the Democratic Party would be abolished completely because they've committed treason. So they want to use judges like usual, leftist judges, to prevent conservative candidates from running for political offices. And I can't tell you how dangerous and sickening that is. And it's an Obama judge who allowed this hearing to go through, by the way, in Georgia. All right. This is Drew Allen. God bless you all. Look out for that article on, uh, on Tuesday at American Greatness, the left's pantheon of lies. Um, God bless you all. Until next time.